Do you like ghosts, cryptids, celestial beings, and witchcraft? Then you'll likely find us tolerable. We are a pair of best witches approaching the paranormal in this realm and beyond with respectful and curious nature. We love to weave within the weird. So So let's get frightfully delightful. We are ever grateful for the opportunities to share space with, learn from, work with, listen, and witness the people, ancestors, matriarchs, spirits, and creatures past and present whose stewardship and cultural teachings brought life and continue to sustain life to the lands upon which we dwell. May we all do our part as uninvited guests to ensure that the land is stewarded and led by its rightful guardians and spirits. Luna resides on the traditional lands of the First Peoples of the Mississaugas of Scugog Island First Nation. These lands are covered under the Williams Treaties and rest within the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe. The land, sea, sky, and spirit that Amanda resides within is vast and deep Stalo Coast Salish traditional territory. The area upon which she lives, learns, unlearns, and tells her stories within is stewarded and cared for by the Chilhayak people. Hello, Luna. Hello, Amanda. I am back in the closet again. <laughs> Talking spooky ghosts with my friend. Yes. <laughs> and it's episode 20. Can 20. you believe that? And it is the first anniversary of spooky phone yes oh my gosh yeah i'm so glad you sent me that that memory because it's such an important one like yeah spooky phone 39 will forever be the spooky phone episode yeah of our lives yeah that's where that's where spooky phone came from the origins yeah so i thought that was so cute Happy first birthday to Spooky Phone. Happy first birthday to Spooky Phone. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. (laughs) Adorable. Adorbs. So before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, (laughs) do you have frights and delights for this one? Yeah. So on this past Friday, Mm -hmm. Ryan and I went with Karina and her partner to the Crossroads Cabaret, and it was such a fun time. There was it was so sexy. There was lots <laughs> of boobs and such great performances. Yeah, the MC Dandy. I'm pretty sure I'm in love with <laughs> because they just had this incredible presence to them. And they were so funny and charming, charismatic, and the way that they introduced all of the acts and interacted with the audience. Like, I've never been at a show that was that interactive. Like, I knew it said immersive, and that made my whole entire, like, butt clench. (laughs) 
but it was very fun. And to be perfectly honest, like if you weren't in like the VIP section at the front row, you weren't like in like intensely immersed. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to remember for next time because I was very nervous. (laughs) Karina even mentioned like immersive. I guess I'm going to throw Flav to the wolves then. (laughs) Were you you in the um, VIP section? Heck no. No, no. Okay. (laughs) No, no. And there was um, the pre-performance performers when everybody was like sitting down and getting comfortable. There was a snake, uh, a boa, a person with a a boa and their name was Ember. Mm Mm-hmm. The boa's name was Ember and she was really pretty and beautiful. And I almost like asked if I could touch her, but I'd seen like a bunch of other people touch her too. So I didn't want her to get like touched out. Yeah. But she like slithered and like she would almost like in like meet you. Cool. Like when her keeper would like come to each table just to kind of like, you know, interact with the, the group. It was like Ember just kind of knew who would be the most receptive. So she would just kind of like slither to that person and then like (laughs) kind of like change your energy field with her little tongue. It was very cool. It was very, very Very cool. cool. Yeah. The venue was a little like the venue, like the stage venue was good, but the seating was like a little rough because where we were sitting, like we were sitting so the stage would have been to my right. So I was constantly turned around. And so my back got a little cranky. But other than that, it was really fun. There was contortion, there was belly dancing, and there was so much glitz and really intense like movements and things like that. So it was very, very cool. And it was crossroads. So Hecate's night was the night before. Yeah. So I, I like I did like a little nod to her. Yeah, I was gonna say I love the name of yeah, it. Me too. Very cool. Yeah. So that's my delight. No frights really. I mean, no, nothing like really frightening. Unfortunately. I've had a few things, but like I can't talk about them yet. Ah uh, yeah. Like the topic of this episode led me into like a weird side quest mm-hmm. that I can't talk about yet because we want to talk about it in the future on an episode. Yeah. And there's something else that's really exciting that oh. I can't talk about yet. You're very excited right now. But I will say that if you are not subscribed to our YouTube channel and checking out our weekly spooky phone lives, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can say. I You're about to get very interesting. I'm being I'm being very cryptic, like like the... you're being like spooky phone right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe channel, please <laughs> smash that like button. Oh my god! Can you imagine? No, if, I can't. If something so... if something like that ever happened during spooky phone, I would lose it. Yeah. Like I I would be taken right out of of my focus. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny. Hilarious. Hilarious. Well, should we get into it then? Let's get into the stew of it. The meat okay. and potatoes. <laughs> the the meat and potatoes. Okay. Prepare to be frightened and delighted. It's time for frightfully delightfuls. 
Haunted Bucket List. This is episode two of the Haunted Bucket List. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking about Central Park. It's located in Burnaby, BC. And Central Park is located on Coast Salish land of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish territories, and is an 86-hectare urban park that boasts an abundance of Douglas fir, cedar, and vine maple trees. They also have a number of sports-related attractions, including an outdoor swimming pool and a stadium. And potentially, there's some ghosts there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, there's ghosts everywhere. Yeah. And I feel like there's, like, it's interesting to me to do haunted bucket list places in British Columbia because our, like, tourism slogan is super natural BC. And it's like... Really? Yeah. Didn't you know that? No. Yeah, it's super natural. Okay, that's really fucking cool. That's our tourism (laughs) slogan. So in my in my cursory research, a lot of folks had said, oh, I, I will make sure to cite this, but I forgot to write it down. I knew I forgot something. There is a paranormal author who resides in Vancouver, and he correlated that the the supernaturalness of specifically like this area the of the lower mainland is because of how much rain we get because in places like scotland ireland and places that get like a lot of rain traditionally have like england traditionally have a more conductive supernatural presence interesting and he also mentioned that the relaxed nature of the west coast made it more accessible because us on the southwest coast are more like not susceptible but we're more like interested or there's like there's like something about this area that just kind of we it's not like we're like instant believers but we'll like entertain it so the the <laughs> motto that i'm getting is people who are less uptight are more susceptible to paranormal activity well and this was um this i think this article was from like 2012 when people were a lot less uptight i feel like the fucking conservative christian capitalistic structure has kind of embedded itself in here yeah. And, but there are people, there are still people like myself and Ryan and soon to be relocating Luna mm-hmm. that are intensely investigate, like intensely invested in continuing a thread of integrity rich investigations and yeah, not just ghost bro christianized like demon evil and it's like yeah it's so much more fucking interesting could you please just be more fucking interesting yeah please (laughs) like so boring to be like that (laughs) i want to circle back to this water theory yeah yeah because that is just like pinging things in my brain right now i thought it would i find that really fascinating Mm -hmm. As witches and how we work with the elements and stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on on water and being a conductor. 
And then how you do things, like one of the most recommended things for people beginning to work with their ancestors is put a glass of water on their altar Yep. to foster that connection with them. Mm-hmm. And then you have this theory of because it rains more in an area, there's more like paranormal activity or mm-hmm. like these experiences, these Water is a conductor, yeah. It's fucking interesting. I know, I know. Side quest initiated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about Central Park today, and it was our second choice. It was our second choice, yeah. We had a different place that we were going to talk about today. And when we started to get into the research, we were met with some very, like, disturbing, problematic things. and Yeah. Very problematic. And so we were like, "Mm, nope. Well, it's not that it was problematic that we said "Mm, no to. It was that we we wanted to do it in accordance with our integrity. Yes. And we want to give the land that it resides on the respect and reverence it deserves. And that's what kind of it's it's spurred a, a bigger thread, I think, in the way that we want to investigate things. And yes. it, it solidified a lot of our like intuited notions of how we want to present things in a paranormal from a paranormal lens, yeah. while also upholding the integrity of the place and the people that resided there first. Yeah. Meaning First Nations people. And we can't, in good conscience, talk about a place that we need to investigate further. Yeah. Like, yeah, to have like a lived experience with the energy, I think, is... is Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we can't fully investigate a place from a distance and within a short amount of time like a short time frame because we don't have months and months where we're researching a specific place right and when you just throw some stuff together and uh, and kind of ignore some of the more problematic things I Mm -hmm. you you and I are not about that right But in pivoting to looking at Central Park, it really sparked like some thoughts and ideas on how we want to come at this bucket list and how we want to explore the land and just weird paranormal anomalies. And how we want to document it too, which I think is like, that's so big. It's such a big thing. Yeah. And so Central Park really seemed like a, like a good starting point for that because... You have no idea. <laughs> I am so excited. I can't wait to hear what you found because sadly, I didn't find a whole lot. I found... So can I just share what I... Jump in, the yeah. Two, two things that I found. I was able to find two things. So... A website called hauntedplaces.org gave a very brief synopsis of the paranormal activity that people have reported seeing in the park. Mm -hmm. And one of them was reports of a little boy by one of the lakes, Mm -hmm. and he disappears upon being noticed. Yeah. People see him, and then he's gone. Yeah. And the other one was a young woman who is seen near the Swan Guard Stadium. Yeah. And... People say that she speaks in a way that's not understandable. I did see some of the ways that people wrote 
this part. She speaks in gibberish, but then people use a phrase that I don't really like in saying she speaks in tongues. Yeah, that's no. I don't like that. And I don't, just because someone doesn't speak English, it doesn't mean it's It's gibberish gibberish or whatever. So I really feel that people, when they talk about paranormal experiences, sightings, they need to remember that the English language isn't the gold standard. Mm -hmm. And that just because you don't understand, you see a ghost, for example, and they're saying something to you and it doesn't make sense. They could be speaking a different language. They could whatever. Be in a heightened emotional state. Yeah. So people speculate that this woman is looking for her lost children. Yeah. And there was also reports of people seeing spirits in and around the forest area. And that's all I could find. So, like, And what really bothered me in my research is... I found a lot of articles where it's like 10 most haunted places around Vancouver. That's what I found too. Six haunted places mm-hmm. of BC. And they all said the exact same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Right. Same thing as what I just described from yep. hauntedplaces.org. Mm-hmm. And none of them cited any sources. I know, which is why I went into the Vancouver Paranormal Society's Facebook group and I was like, hey, I'd like some first-hand information. Does anybody have experiences with X, Y, and Z in Central Park? And it was like, it was crickets for a while and then there was a couple like interactions and, but nothing, nothing of firsthand. It was all just kind of like, I'll get into it when I, when I talk about my stuff, but okay, the only thing that I saw was that um, in a couple of those articles, there was a mention of like the 1930s. Yeah. And I tried, I looked at the Burnaby Archives website, nothing. I looked up 1930s, Accident Central Park. I looked up Woman Missing Children, 1930s to 1980s, like nothing, nothing. Weird. So I'd like to know where the information is coming from, like what spurred yes. this, Yeah. Yes, because that became a very stark theme right from the beginning of my research. They all said the same thing, all these websites. And I will put, I have some sources that I'm going to put in the show notes. So check those out. But it was all these like lists and they're always thrown up around Halloween, right? September, October, Vancouver's most haunted places. And it just kind of gives you a little blurb about each place. And Central Park was on a ton of them, mm-hmm. all saying the same thing, but nobody said where they got these re- reports from. Where are you getting these reports from? Where are they, please? Yeah. And I even looked at some local established paranormal groups, like investigative groups, mm-hmm. and none of them have talked about it. And I came across this book even. So... I don't know if you've heard, it might be the author that you were talking about earlier. Daniel? No, so not then. But this book is called Ghosts of Vancouver, and it's written by Greg Mansfield. And I'd like to check it out. Okay, yeah. But it's 43 different locations in the Vancouver area that are documented as haunted, and and this book talks about them. But even on this Central Park is not on the list. Mm-hmm. I know it's in Burnaby, but I mean, I think they're close, right? Yeah. So nothing. I could find 
no firsthand accounts. And even going into places like like on Reddit, there's Vancouver Reddit and like things like that. There were posts asking, does anybody know of any cool paranormal weird stuff <laughs> in, in the Vancouver area? And none of like a few people responded the same kind of, you know, oh, Central Park. And they used the same two things that I had already seen. But nobody talked about firsthand experience. Right. Which I find so fucking weird. It is fucking so strange. Yeah. And this is kind of the last bit of my, like, where my research kind of reached a stalemate. I went on to Liminal Earth. Now, mm -hmm. Liminal Earth is created by these absolutely wonderful people. They essentially just created a map for you to share weird stuff. Paranormal, UFO, ghosts, even just strange anomalies. The idea is to just share stories there and pin it on a map and be like, I was in Central Park and I saw a ghost. Here's what happened. Put a pin. Uh, so I was like, there's got to be something on here. So I went onto Liminal Earth, and to my surprise, there was barely anything mm -hmm. in BC at all. There was like two or three. And then as I kind of scrolled out, I noticed that all of Canada is largely empty. So mm -hmm. I just, I wanted to mention it because for our listeners, I'm putting a call out don't sleep on this is what you said. <laughs> Don't sleep on liminal earth. Let's combine our forces yeah. and get stuff put on the Canadian side of the liminal earth map because we're there's so much cool paranormal stuff here yeah. and let's document it and let's help fill out. Like if you look at the map, which I will link again in the show notes, but if you look at the map, in comparison, the U.S. is, like, full. Like, there's so much. So if you have weird paranormal stuff that's happened to you, please consider going to Liminal Earth. And, like, it's really easy. It's you just, super easy. They have, like, a cool little legend and everything. So you can, like, oh, I had a UFO. I saw a UFO here one time. And just put a little thing on the map, detail it, and submit. Let's get Canada with more things on that map. And I think that the more that it gets interacted with, the more it will happen to all of us. Yes. You know? Like, yes. I really feel like witnessing is so important. And I think a lot of people don't just don't know that there is this resource and it is such an important resource. And I have a feeling that it's going to be a very important resource in coming in the next like five, five years minimum. Yeah. Or maximum. Yeah. So I think, yeah. If you can, go to Liminal Earth and input your like weird stuff into the map. Yeah. I'm going to do some. And I know Amanda's going to do some too. Yep. And uh, let's get more Canadian stuff on there. And if we have shared experiences, it's okay to keep doing it. Like I'm going to do the Seven Sisters Trail. And I know yeah. that Luna probably will do. So there's two. Like even though it was similar interact like it was the same time our perspectives are still different you we have mm -hmm. a sh we have a shared experience but we do have a different perspective so if you see that you know somebody else oh that's already on the map do it again yeah so that you can see where these cluster like where this cluster of activity is right yeah okay so 
little <laughs> little side rant there. I love it. But I, I will just add that the whole liminal earth thing opened up a side quest that you and I are going to talk about in the near future. And it's really fascinating. Yeah. But I couldn't get a whole lot on Central Park. Like, I really struggled to find anything that was firsthand account. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't find anybody, like, investigating there, putting it on their YouTube channel, talking about it in blogs or books or, like, paranormal groups. So I found that really strange. Yeah. Especially how many of these, like, haunted BC or haunted Vancouver, lower mainland lists it was on yeah where are you getting i know <laughs> who's, who's reporting these sightings because i can't find them <laughs> tried so hard to find it like i went through the burnaby archives i went through i did the same thing i went through the paranormal groups that i'm in and keyworded it and then when i couldn't find the keywords i asked the groups like hey anybody have experience with this and nothing weird i know Frightfully Delightful podcast will always be free, but alas, producing it isn't. Please head over to the podcatcher of your choice to rate, review, and subscribe. And please consider supporting through Patreon. We've added a tier just for our Fridays. That's you, dear listeners. Find all the links you need within our show notes. Thank you, as always, for listening to our disembodied voices. You have our enduring appreciation in this lifetime and the next. All of our good ghosts, great hags, and sacred specters, thank you. Okay, so tell me what you've you found. Okay, so I would like to talk to you about the proximity to thin spaces and liminality. So with my research, I went on Reddit and I found from three years ago, this user said, I was driving northbound on, on Boundary next to Central Park one night about 15 years ago. It was really late and it was quite dark. I was very sure that I saw a pair of legs on the sidewalk standing there. It looked like a person was trying to cross the street, so I slowed down, afraid of hitting the person. When I realized those were just a pair of legs, no upper body, I knew I wasn't sleepy or drunk, but I didn't dare to look again and I sped off. Not completely sure what happened that night, but I think it's possible that someone maybe got hit by a car on Boundary, given how common the car accidents take place there. I didn't mention the um, the 1930s woman whose kids went missing in the park, and it said that she got lost and didn't come out, but yet there's no mention of finding her remains or, the, or her children. And then I also mentioned that the British Columbia slogan is supernatural British Columbia. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. And I do have, so it's uh, Robert Bellick, who is the author that I was trying to remember. I actually did cite it, so that's fun. <laughs> but Karina, our good friend Karina, saw my post in the Vancouver Paranormal Society, and she messaged me. And she said, do you think that there's any correlation between paranormal activity in Central Park and how close it is to, to the cemetery? Oh. And I said, you know, I'm not sure. And I told her that I was looking, what I was specifically looking for, for our episode was to corroborate an experience that I had. Mm -hmm. 
But what she mentioned, which was very interesting, is that notoriously, when parks and things were being established, they would pull a poltergeist and they would either not move graves that like a burial spaces, they wouldn't move the bodies that were already there. They would just put headstones in their designated cemetery space. Okay. So she thought that maybe that could have been something that happened. However, I, I couldn't find anything. So it's just it's just an interesting thing to to note is that it yeah. was, you know, a little a little something. So let me bring you back to the proximity of liminality. So uh, let me bring you back to 1991. Little me, Amanda, five years old, in kindergarten at McCorkendale Elementary School. I lived with my mom in a little townhouse complex. There was a small cement deck, like a structure, on the side of our unit with a little hedge with a hole in it. And this little spot is where I would be called to play and sit. You, I would walk out the door. And when I turned to the left, there was a medium-sized hill with a circle of trees on top of it. The townhouse that I lived from 1989 to about 1994-95 was located on Boundary Road and East 49th Street, right across from Central Park. And let me show you. The big circle. Can you see my mouse? No. Oh, okay. So the big circle colored in is my elementary school. Yeah. You can see where Central Park is. And there is a, a dot... The left-hand dot mm -hmm. is where I went to preschool. The middle dot is where I lived. And the far right dot is where I, um, it was, it was brownies, but it's now embers. That's where I did my girl, oh, okay. that's where I did my girl guides thing. Oh, cute. So just quickly, you're going to put this in the photo dump, right? I am going to put this in the photo dump because right now, okay, right now we are looking at a satellite view of the neighborhood right next to Central Park on the yes. on the pool and the Swan Guard Stadium side. And it's like right in the middle. So it's like all right off of East 49th Street. And on the other side is Imperial Street for anybody who knows the, the proximity area. Wow. It's huge. This park is huge. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. So my entire world, other than going to my grandparents' place, was within 49th and Boundary. On one end of the street, my preschool, on the other end, the church, where I intended as an ember. Uh, I really wish that it, they had called it embers when I was little. And right on top, my elementary school. And in the middle was me. <laughs> Little me. <laughs> and this is likely the first time I experienced liminal, liminality and supernatural awe because things were just different. So 49th Ave, do you see the... The highlighted spots yes so you can go straight into the park from across boundary right there and that's where my my road was and there's these like like the paths are so small compared to like the roadways like it's such a small like artery mm -hmm. so let me just show you this this is a close-up of the house so where you lived where i lived okay that dot in the middle is where I lived. Yeah. And do you see the hedges? Yeah. Like at the top? Nope. So where the dot is, like right okay. underneath oh, the dot, right underneath the dot, right underneath it is this little, like a little half circle hedge. 
Okay. Yeah. That had a hole in it where I would just sit and there was like this perfect little branch, big branch. It was, it was, it was pretty big and it was like a perfect little seat for my five-year-old butt. (laughs) And I would just, I would just sit there. At this hole. In this hole. Yeah. I would go when. So wait, hang on. Yeah. Yeah. Was the branch in the hole? Okay. So it's just, so I'm trying. Okay. So when you go into a hedge, right? Yeah. Oh, so you're like in it. Yeah. I'm in the hedge. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it was like this little cave. It was like a little tree cave. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. I, whenever I would run away, I would run away there (laughs) thinking my mom would never find me. And I remember thinking very deep thoughts in there. You know, I can't remember, can't remember them now, but I remember the feeling. I so often think of this, this house. I think about the basement. I can remember what our couch looked like. I, it's just, it's, it's where a majority of my, of my childhood memories are in this house and the circle of trees. So you see the arrow underneath the dot Mm -hmm. and how it points, how the, the next arrow points to this kind of circle of trees. Yes. This is on a small little hill. And do you see that black spot in the middle of the trees? Yep. You could, it's like a clearing in there. Oh, wow. And I can remember time passing differently in these trees. Yeah. I can remember, especially in the circle, my little legs climbing the hill and into what, when I was little, felt like such a vast space. Yeah. Like it felt like if I was an adult going into Central Park, it was like a primer for maybe getting used to liminal spaces or thin spaces or... And this this is right down the street from the park. So do you see the row of houses? Yeah. So yeah, that's right here. So I see. Yeah. I'm only asking because I'm thinking about how trees are interconnected underground I by know. the system. Yep. 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 And <laughs> and how close in proximity, like the trees in your backyard are connected. Yeah. They're connected mm-hmm. to the trees down the street. In that 86 hectare part, like it's a fucking forest, mm-hmm. and how they're connected underneath the ground mm-hmm. via their roots. Okay, keep continuing. <laughs> Sorry, this- no, it's okay. I'm glad you said it because I was, I was almost, I was almost there. Now I don't have to. So <laughs> <laughs> I just, I felt like the canopy would lower. Like as soon as I would get in there, the canopy would like sit differently yeah like I can't I can't describe it yeah properly because I was so I was pretty little but I remember feeling different in there and I remember knowing that I like time acted different in there like I would go into it the towering canopies would just kind of like the canopy of trees would just kind of like enclose almost and it would feel like hours had passed i could sit there in the middle of this little clearing and i could watch everything rustle and i'm pretty sure this is the first time i saw like faces in the bark of trees and just like i could i was an only child so i could spend hours by myself and just listen yeah you know and nobody like this this is a complex full of kids And I remember getting angry, or not really angry, but like just really inquisitive as to 
why the kids acted differently in this space. Like, A, they didn't have reverence like I did, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Like, kids are kids. I was a fucking moody. I was a moody thing even when <laughs> I was five. But the thing, like, no, they would never stay in there for, for long. Like, it's like the perfect little exploration place. And no, yeah. none of the kids would stay for long. Huh. Ever. And I would go in and think hours had passed. I'd go in and I'd be like, when's dinner? And my mom would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like four o'clock in the afternoon. Like, I'm just starting. <laughs> go wash your hands if you want dinner. And so I have, like, this is likely the first time I experienced awe and supernatural, na- like, natural magic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And look at, so this is uh, my mom. Do you see the SUV on the right here? Yeah. Our parking space was right next to it. Oh, wow. And do you see these cedars? Yeah. I would I would have to walk through this little tunnel and my house was right there. You can see, you can actually see on the left-hand side the hedges that I'm talking about that I used to sit in, like just past the cedar tree. Do you see it? Yeah, I do. That's yeah. where I would sit inside of that. Wow. Yeah. Like, and... The just having to go through this little archway is fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. Like every single day I would do this. Like, yes, we experience these feelings, this this feeling of awe, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not the same. It's not the same as it was when you were like eight years old or whatever. Yeah. And feeling that, that feel like I experienced. Sometimes I do. So. When I came to visit you in April and yeah. we went to the Seven Sisters Trail, I felt that in that woods, I felt in that walking that trail and being there, I felt that awe, like for sure. But it's like it's like not as intense as it was when I was like eight and nine years old. Because where I used to live, where I grew up as a kid, we also had we had a ravine. Oh, yeah. And it was pretty big. It was like near my house. So I lived, if you walked up to the end of the court where I lived, Mm -hmm. you walked straight into this ravine. And then we would go down this big ass hill where we would toboggan in the winter. Yeah. And we would play in there. Like we used to play hide and seek and all like stuff in there all the time. And you're right. There's this it feels different, different yeah. in there. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a me thing. But like, I yes, I have these moments where I tap into it. But it's not the exact same as it was when you were a kid. And you would just be in the woods for hours and hours mm-hmm. and have that like feeling of this is different. It's yeah. this natural connection. Did you – I know you you were pretty small – but did you ever like play in Central Park when when you lived down the street? No, I specifically remember hating it. <laughs> so let me show you. Okay. Do you see that like that clearing just before, like, uh, so East Forty Nine by the road? By so the there's road. the yeah. road, and there's like a rectangle almost. Yeah. Yes. So I remember thinking that that is such a like it that space that cleared space freaks me the fuck out huh and the one time i remember going through that park i remember feeling like i'm never coming out of here huh. and 
it got to the point where I was with my mom, but she didn't feel like she was there. Yeah. Like it felt like I was so alone in that spot. And I'm pretty sure we just did like a small loop. Like I I think we might, we probably came out like, do you see the first line and it goes to like the cement area? And there's like a circle clearing? Yes. Yes. So where that kind of like gray spot is, I'm pretty sure we came out that way. Okay. And yeah. And like, I don't remember swimming in the pool and I don't remember going to Swangard Stadium. We like literally my, my whole world was just in that, like that small little triangle of like school, brownies and preschool. And there was like a bunch of like kind of shitty things that happened at that preschool. Like there was a window uh, where like a, a low window where there was like a, there was a bunch of like trees and shrubs on one side, like close to the main artery there. And there would be like predators, like, like men that would sit and look at us through the window. Gross. Yeah. We had, um, I remember my mom, we had a police officer come to our, our house and he went over like safety with me. Yeah. Because he did that to, for all of the kids that were in our area and specifically went to that preschool. Ugh. Yeah. And that's, that's awful. That's when my mom and I um, came up with our like our password. <laughs> we had password too yep. when I was a kid. Yep. Like when I messaged my mom, I was thinking like there's no way that we were that close to Central Park. That is so close. Right across the fucking street, Luna. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you can't tell me that the trees that you sat with were not connected to the trees in that park. I think it's because I think the reason why they haven't gotten rid of the circle is because it is on a hill. So I think that the very foundation of like all of the houses around it would be impacted negatively yeah because like the hill was just high enough that it would be like the roots of those trees are probably just like clunk, you know yeah and it would be too much of a yeah i just yeah wow mm-hmm. and hearing like little you just hanging out in in a hedge like i just I wish that I could just transport back to being a kid sometimes and just having those experiences again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sitting in the dirt. Yeah. In a tree, in a hedge. Yeah. And just fucking chilling with no cares. Well, I mean, we had cares, but it wasn't these like crushing (laughs) existential capitalism. Oh, yeah. Things, right? It was different. It was different. Yeah, it was very different. I had pneumonia when I went in like December, January, and my mom wouldn't let me. I had just gotten on antibiotics and I had like a rush of like, I feel better. (laughs) But I didn't want to like actually do anything. Yeah. Except for watch cinderella but my mom told me i had to go and have a nap and there was something about my room i really didn't care for it i didn't like that room very much 
And so I was like, no, I'm just going to run away. So I got into my fancy dress and my fancy dress shoes and I packed a little bag and I went out in the snow with no jacket when I had pneumonia and I went to my friend's house. I didn't go into the trees. I went right past the trees. My friend wasn't home. So I went back to my house and to my hedge and I stayed there until I got <laughs> too cold. And then I knocked on the door and I said, I would like to come in for dinner, please. <laughs> and my mom was like, get your ass in here. <laughs> that is fucking adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No jacket. I'm pretty sure that's when they found out that I was allergic to penicillin because it made me go, woo. what do you mean i can't watch cinderella fuck you i'm leaving (laughs) which is in the snow in my fanciest attire attire, yeah well i had no coat had to be presentable (laughs) to whoever was going to take me in oh my gosh (laughs) you had to be well dressed for your new life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is who I am now. I'm a I'm a jet set across the complex. I remember my shoes being so like I was so cold. Oh my gosh. It's a good thing you didn't get any more sick. I'm pretty sure I did. Oh I think I did. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, that... Kid logic. I know. I know. I know. So funny. The thought that I have about that cleared space, yeah, is like maybe you were picking up on on the land because obviously there used to be forest in that space and they cleared oh, it for yeah. some reason. Yeah. So perhaps maybe you were picking up on like the land's feelings of upset. Yeah. You know, from just oh, we're just going to clear out this corner. Yeah. Of this be- beautiful forest. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things I read about the park was that it's it was second growth. Mm-hmm. So they had logged it mm-hmm. and then replanted it, mm-hmm. which I like. I hate I you know? know why you have some like these trees that are like over a thousands of years old. Oh, we'll just cut it down so I can make whatever out of it. Like what yeah. the fuck? Like. I know. I don't know. It's just it seems harsh and meaningless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's all that's all I got. I just I think that it's interesting because I knew that I couldn't find anything with sighting and I think yeah. that uh, a lived experience is always really interesting. And so I messaged my mom and I was like, Hey, how close were we to Central Park when we lived on Boundary? And she's like, <laughs> like right across the street on the Vancouver side. And so it took me about a day to find this map. Yeah. And the only reason why I found it is because I remembered I went to McCorkendale Elementary School. And then from there, I was like East 49th in Boundary. So, and then I cross-referenced it. And I was specifically looking for those, that grove of trees, that little tiny, tiny spot. Yeah. And I was like, you know, what are the fucking chances that it's still there? It's so cool that you were able to find them. I was really surprised. And my mom even was too. Like, I was like, is this our, was this our address? And she's like, no, but this was. 
because uh, the address that I found was on the other side. So it was like 3429 and ours was like the next, the next little tiny like segment over. Yeah. And she's like, no, but it was this because that jogged her memory. So that's how I found it. And it was, I was like, and then, yeah, just this like straight line of connection to Central Park was just very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And like the root, like I just keep thinking about the root system and how you're in this little grove of trees that is connected to the big forest in Central Park. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that. Yeah. I would like to know if any of the kids that live there now feel as like reverent about it, you know, like, yeah. And I find that it's really interesting that it hasn't been developed, you know, like in 20, in 30 years, it's never been, you know what I mean? Like it just hasn't. Yeah. Like, like oh, it, we'll just, we'll just take out a little chunk. Yeah. Like what bullshit they're trying to do here in Ontario with That's the green it. belt. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking pisses me off. I know. Did you, so I know you won't be able to necessarily go back possibly till to the year that you lived there but did you try going like because on google maps mm -hmm. you can go back in I the years i didn't know that so you if you go on and i forget exactly where it is on the screen but you can click and go like i want to see what it looks like in t the year 2000 or the year this or they have older versions of satellite maps stored in google maps so you can look at something and go back really yeah okay i don't know again i don't know how far back it goes but you could see how if you could go as far back as as however far back you could go yeah. and just and see the what the, if the landscape has changed significantly it hasn't i know we've done that before when we were living at my partner's like family farm one day we went and we just looked at going back the years so cool and saw like when the barn was like operational oh. and like all of that it was really cool to kind of go back in time and see these satellite images of what it used to look like so i'd really be curious to see what this central park looks like yeah and how far back you could go okay i'm gonna i'm gonna check it out okay yeah like I mean, we've done we've done a whole episode now, and is there ghosts? I don't know. <laughs> is don't this know. just is this just weird anomalies? Yeah. Like, are people picking up on just the weird like paranormalness of like nature and mm -hmm. like this kind of thing? Yeah. Because one of the things I saw said people see spirits in the woods. Yeah. Right. There was there was a mention of like it being caught on like a forest cam. But it the, that it wasn't available on YouTube. Did you I saw that, that too. Yeah. Yes, I saw that too. And it's like, why is nobody citing the sources of these things? Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty big claim. Yeah, right. And it came from somewhere. Who? Yeah. Who is saying this? Why do people speculate that it was a woman in the 1930s who lost her children? Where did that come from? Mm -hmm. It's similar in the go whole with the ghost road thing, right? Yeah. Where we we can't find a newspaper article that says there was a motorcycle accident on this road at this time. Yeah. Right. 
So where are people coming up with this idea? Was it something that people like, you know how parents will tell their children, you know, you be careful in the park. Don't stray from your parents because these children got lost and were never found again. Yeah. Like, you know how parents do shit like yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> with their kids. Was this something that at a certain point in time, a bunch of parents in that area got it in their heads? To keep our children safe, we'll tell them that children get lost in these woods all the time. Yeah. And that just spiraled into like some weird thing. Maybe. I'm surprised that no local teams have investigated it. There was that you, there was like that YouTube video of like that group. So, Who are yes, they? I, they're not even paranormal people. Like oh. I, I looked into his channel and stuff and well, I mean, he does, he does talk about, I'll link it in the show notes, but he does talk about different paranormal-ish things, but he also talks a lot about like movies and stuff. He does mm -hmm. movie reviews and stuff. So I didn't really get the vibe that they were paranormal explorers or investigators or whatever they're just some guys who like spooky things sometimes and also talking about movies <laughs> so so were they talking about a movie in central park no they went there and they did a short little video of them walking around the park but they didn't do any investigating like, okay. does that make sense yeah so if you want to experience paranormal things, you going into a place with a camera and just talking the whole time, you're not going to get any paranormal things. <laughs> it's just you talking to a camera. And you, if you don't ever stop talking long enough to sit with the place and experience the place, of course, you don't have any anything happen. Yeah. Of course, you don't find anything because you're not sitting still and shutting up for long enough to <laughs> yeah. have. Yeah. These yeah. experiences, right? Sometimes you need to just sit down and shush. And sometimes it's very boring. And that's okay because you're supposed to immerse yourself in that energy and almost like become a part of that experience, right? Like you can't you can't separate yourself from the experience because when you are investigating, you become a part of that experience. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that's the only thing I could find where someone was firsthand talking about like investigating there and they were actually there yeah and this is this is what we experienced here you go and it's like i don't know it's under 12 minutes this video but of course nothing happens because they're just walking around and talking the whole time yeah so like a spot <laughs> i really would like to go there and just sit there and yep. see for myself like mm -hmm. i'd love to get a group of us i mean that's the whole point of us doing talking about these haunted bucket list places is we want to go there so that eventually we can cross it off yeah so i'd really like to get a group of us and just go and see if if we have these experiences i think it would be really interesting if like maybe I go back to the clearing in that complex. I don't know if that would be kosher with the people that live there now, mm -hmm. but wouldn't it be interesting if I got to sit in the clearing and you were on the other side in Central Park? Yeah. And then maybe another group was like on the other, like we just kind of had like different spots. Yes. Yeah. Be so down for something Ooh, like that. Exciting. I will say, because 
I know a lot of people who listen to us are in BC and in that area. I did come across like a couple instances of people warning each other. So if you want to go and check this place out for yourself, be careful. Go like not just use a buddy system, go with a group of people, please. And just be careful because a lot of people were warning each other about predators of both the animal and human variety. So yeah, if you're going to go there at night, just please be careful. There was a pretty um, intense tragedy that happened in 2017. Mm hmm. And the remains of a young girl were found and she was Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So that was that was really that was really big here in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. It was not something that went unnoticed. And the tone of it is that there are a lot that happen in that area. Yeah. And I think like I'm not saying that the forest makes people harm each other, but there is something eerie about the park itself. So just, yeah. I wonder if we could look at a map of like ley lines and stuff. Oh, good idea. Yeah. And see kind of like what's just below the surface and if there's any anomalies like underneath the surface itself. Maps.leylines.net. <laughs> it's loading the globe. I just wanted to say that if if you're in that area and you want to go check it out, first of all, be safe, be careful. Second of all, please reach out to us and tell us. Yeah. Tell us your experiences, like, because I want to hear firsthand experiences, not these, like, you know, little blurbs on list blogs (laughs) that don't cite any sources. (laughs) And just a reminder... If you do experience anything weird in this park, go on to liminal.earth and input your experience onto the map. And if you have any other experiences in other places, please put them on the map on Liminal Earth because I really want to see more Canadian stuff on there. So in looking at the ley lines map, it doesn't show anything that I can see for Central Park in Burnaby. Me neither. But there's like a lot of stuff in this map. Yeah. To kind of like go through. Yeah, this is going to be cool. Yeah. So um, we'll have to explore that some more and just see. Like, I mean, yes, there's like these like s- significant points of like the earth that have these heightened kind of paranormal like activity or experiences but there's also something about big forests yeah. that also have its own weird energy yeah so you know like with um what was it, it was just under 90 hectares mm-hmm. of forests like You know, there's a lot of nature spirits and stuff (laughs) hanging out in there. And I feel like that's really going to amp up some paranormal activity. Yeah, especially with like the interconnectedness of like mycelium and the root system and the structure of Mm -hmm. established growth and trees itself, themselves. Like there's a lot of wonderful elemental energy. It doesn't have to be living dead yeah it can just be a thin space (laughs) you know and like 
we kind of we talked about this when we were discussing kind of how we wanted to continue doing this haunted bucket list series Mm -hmm. because we don't want to just talk about these quote haunted locations the castles the you know theaters the places that have you know oftentimes roots in like colonialism and stuff we we didn't want to just talk about places like that because that's not what where we with the journey that we're on and I feel like a lot of people, when they come into the paranormal, they're really focused on like haunted houses, haunted yeah. theaters, haunted whatever. And the natural spaces get ignored. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And these places have these like really cool things going on. And we want to talk more about that and explore that. Yeah. Get into it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just immerse ourselves, bury ourselves in it. We're going to be those two wild old ladies talking about ley lines and <laughs> yeah. root systems. Just like feral moss covered hags. Yeah. Yeah. Feral moss covered hag life. Fuck yeah. T shirt. <laughs> <laughs> T shirt idea. T shirt. <laughs> Well, this has been a fantastic exploration of our Haunted Bucket List series. I think that we have some wonderful jumping off points. You got to hear a little bit of my personal folklore. I love it. I love it so much. And I got to remember that I was connected to something greater than myself, even as a little tiny baby child. Mm -hmm. And... I appreciate the shit out of you, Luna. I appreciate the shit out of you. (laughs) My future feral moss-covered hag best witch. I love it. (laughs) Thank you for listening to our disembodied voices. As always, we adore you all. And we look forward to hearing if you have some interesting Central Park Burnaby information. uh, If you resonate with Liminal Earth. Let us know. We would love to chat with you. We just, we really love connecting Mm -hmm. and expanding our worldview and our sphere of influence. And I think that's, that's what it's all about. So feel free to message us and email us, find us, talk to us because these disembodied voices do tend to talk to other people other than ourselves, even though we talk to each other a lot. (laughs) So please always feel free to reach out to us. And thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Luna, for all of your, your wonderful engineering magic. You do such a wonderful job and I appreciate you. you. Hmm. I appreciate you too. This has been such a good episode and uh, yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed it (laughs) okay i love you luna i love you too bye goodbye bye bye b b push b control b control b ryan's thing he's so funny
thank you, our dear Fridays, for listening to our disembodied voices on these here interwebs. Be sure to check out the show notes for links, resources, and citations, as well as our Instagram feed for this episode's corresponding photo dump. Stay weaving within the weird.